This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Calculine. The Calculine is a free tool you can get by simply going to calculine.com. That's C-A-L-C-U-L-I-E-N.com, calculine.com. And it's a free tool that allows you to easily calculate the 45 and 90 day deadlines for notice to owners, liens, and bond claims. No more counting on your fingers to figure out when your notice to owner deadline is or when your lien deadline is. Just go to calculine.com, put in your information, and we'll send one to you for free in the mail. You'll get it in a few days. Construction contracts are complicated. So today we're going to break down a specific contract provision. I'll give you some examples and some suggestions on how to deal with it. Make sure to check out our completely new and free service called contractdetective.com. You can scan and upload your contract and it will send you an email with some of the contract provisions that it finds and some links to videos on how to deal with those provisions. I hope you like the service and I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everybody, let's get started. Again, as I said, my name is Alex Barthet. I'm a board certified construction attorney. All right, so let's talk about pay when paid provisions. Uh, so every contract that I see, um, I shouldn't say every contract, nearly every contract I see has a pay when paid provision in it. And what is a pay when paid provision? It just says that my payment to you is not due until someone pays me the money that I'm supposed to pay you. And if that never happens, then contractually, I have no legal obligation to pay you. You could have done all the work, everything could have been perfect, but if I haven't been paid, I don't have to pay you. So most contractors put this in their contract with their subs. If you're a subcontractor, you can put this in your contracts with your sub-subcontractors so that you can pass this risk of non-payment down the line. Now, there are uh, very specific words that have to be in this contract provision to make it valid and enforceable. So here is a provision that is valid and enforceable, and I will tell you what the uh, magic language is. So it says, receipt of payment by contractor from owner for the subcontract work is a condition precedent to payment by contractor to subcontractor, and subcontractor hereby acknowledges that it will rely on the credit of the owner, not the contractor, for payment of the subcontract work. So the magic language is actually where it says condition precedent. The courts in the state of Florida have made it really simple on this issue. Pay when paid provisions are valid and enforceable, but they have to use the words condition precedent or contingent upon. I probably read, you know, uh, maybe half a dozen to a dozen contracts every month uh, from various clients. It is exceedingly rare that I get a contract that doesn't have a pay when paid provision in it or that it has one or that, and that it's written incorrectly. It is always written correctly. So the question is, how do you deal with a pay when paid provision if you are a subcontractor or a sub-subcontractor? Um, you can try to amend or strike this provision. I'm here to tell you that that probably is never going to happen. No contractor is going to change this provision for you. Um, 
but having the right to stop work is absolutely critical, right? So if I am doing the work and I'm not getting paid because the owner is not paying the contractor, well, at least I have the right to stop work because I, I'm not getting paid. So, um, so having the right to stop work, as I told you, is to me the number one provision uh, or change you can make in a contract. Uh, the second way is to make sure you enforce your lien and bond rights. If you have a lien on a property and that lien attaches to the owner's property, the owner is not able to claim the pay when paid defense. That's the contractor's defense, not the owner's defense. So if the owner hasn't paid the contractor, your lien is still valid and enforceable. If you have a claim on the contractor's payment bond, even if the owner hasn't paid the contractor, you still have a claim against the contractor's payment bond. So having uh, properly secured your lien and bond rights is a great way to mitigate against the pay when paid provision. So you absolutely need to make sure you add a right to stop work and um, enforce your lien and bond rights. Any questions on pay when paid? Yes. Yeah, I, I would tell you that that is like your appendix. I agree with you. But legally, that, that, that sentence is, is like your appendix. It's really, it's, it's superfluous. It doesn't really do anything. The magic language is the condition precedent. Um, so sometimes, you know, this is written in, in just not that many words, maybe a, a dozen words. I've seen this provision written in, you know, a hundred words. It's a full, it, it doesn't, you could say it and it's enforceable in one sentence. So, Emilio, yes. Florida is a peculiar state in that an unconditional bond can, can be used. And doesn't that bypass this? Correct. Meaning, if you have, if I'm a subcontractor and I am doing work on a public job that's bonded or a private job that's bonded, my claim against that bond has nothing to do with the pay when paid. Meaning, even though the owner hasn't paid the contractor, I can still make a claim against the contractor's payment bond. And the contractor's payment bond is not able to assert the pay when paid defense. There's one type of bond that can be issued called a conditional payment bond. I probably see those maybe one in 500 projects. I mean, it's, it's really rare. Um, we have several surety folks in here. I mean, I'm curious how often you guys write conditional payment bonds. Probably not that often. Um, in my opinion, they're not worth the paper they're printed on if you're relying on them. Uh, so how do you know it's a conditional payment bond? Well, you're going to look at it. You're going to look at the title, and it's going to say conditional payment bond. And when it says conditional payment bond, that's when you need to pick up the phone and call your lawyer because the process is a little different between making a claim on a regular bond and a conditional payment bond. But it's not even worth the discussion because I would tell you, you'll go years without ever seeing one. So, so the question is, like, what happens if you have to make a claim against the contractor's bond? Um, probably many of you can... Uh, speak to this better than I can, but I would tell you, in my opinion, South Florida construction, Miami construction, everyone's got sharp elbows. Everyone's got a lawyer. Everyone is willing to send demand letters, 
make claims on bonds, file lawsuits, and it doesn't seem to really affect the relationships too much. They understand it's a part of the process, it's a, it's a part of the business, um, that you know, we have clients that are in active litigation trying to get paid on a project and are currently bidding other jobs with that same contractor. This is the way it is. So, but again, thank you very much for coming. I appreciate your time. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by MakeMeConditional.com. You sign lots of releases in order to get paid. And best practices suggest that you make every release conditioned on actually receiving that payment. How do you do that? By making the release conditional. Now, some releases are conditional when they're given to you, but in my experience, most are not. So you can make them conditional by adding conditional language. You can do that by handwriting it in every single time, or you can go to makemeconditional.com and we will provide for you for free a stamp that you can use that will stamp any release with conditional language so that you can simplify the process. So if you want your absolutely free Make Me Conditional stamp, just go to makemeconditional.com, fill in the information, and in a few days, you'll have your free stamp.